0: Welcome back to She Can Talk The Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongalee. If you're looking for the music, if you want to look for me in particular on the um, IG, it's MC. Or if you want to know what I'm eating for the week, you can go over to Colleen Eat Wings, also on IG. Or if you just overall want to know what's what's going on, check out doerecords.com. That is the label. That's the hub. That's the um, headquarters. Or if you just want to talk with me weekly, I'm here on the podcast. She can talk. That was a lot, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. We are here at episode eight, and it's great. Hey, shout out to y'all. I know we had a rough week. I know we had a stressful day yesterday with the um, elections, and we're still in limbo as of the time that I'm recording this here today on Wednesday. Um, I've been recording the podcast lately because I've been doing a lot Of other stuff and I do apologize guys because I promise you all a Wednesday and I make make I try to keep up with my accountability and keep up with my promises so if I say Wednesday I don't give a shit if it's Wednesday at 11 o'clock I'm gonna post something for you on the podcast. So here we go. But um in this week in particular, I'm kinda of happy that I waited. The reason why I'm happy I waited was because I wanted to talk about the election. I wanted to see the outcome, just like the rest of America and the rest of the world. But um, of course we're all in limbo, so yeah, so I can actually speak about as being in limbo and um not really speak about it, you know. This week though, is kind of um motivated by or inspired I should say by the election so sorry to get political with y'all I'm not gonna get heavy but I just wanted to say get some things off my chest because um I was quiet throughout the whole elections. But before we go there, I'm going to apologize if you're hearing some classical music in the background. I don't know if you hear it or not, but I've been doing some research. I'm a pet parent. I'm a fur mommy. And as you all know, if you go on my Instagram or if you're on um, any of my social media platforms other than Doe Records, you might see or get a glimpse of um, my fur baby, Marley the Brave. And before him, I had Agape the Great, which was my first fur baby. God bless the dead because he's passed on and literally Marley was born the day he passed away. And the lady who was the breeder for Marley was like, you're supposed to have this dog. And I was like, no. And I ended up having him. But anyway, long story short, I didn't mean to ramble about the dog, but what I wanted to say about the classical music is I've been researching different things because I am, Working from home, 99.9% of the time, we are in the house because we're still playing safe. I know a lot of you guys are like, you know, F COVID, F Corona, I'm going to live my life. And I give you guys respect and I live vicariously through you on that note. I mean, I'm not in the house 100% of the time. I still run my errands. I still kind of, you know, take care of daily you know, necessities and requirements. However, I'm not really, ha- as of yet, like partying in the club or um, doing shows for that matter. You know, I'm still a little leery. I still need to hear a little bit positive words because even though they're saying um, it's cool and a lot of people are going out and having no problems. I am personally seeing people that I know suffer from COVID or have family members affected by COVID. So I'm still playing it close to the vest. But with that being said, with that ramble, um, my dog is looking at us, uh, you know, 99.9% of the time now, he's probably like, okay, you know, I'm used to you guys being away. and I'm having me some like, 'Cause I put the music on or put the TV on for him when I leave, but he's home with us now, so it's a little bit different. I try to put chill hop music on like while I'm working, doing office work, et cetera. But um, you know, whatever. He's just kind of like we're home, so he's with us. So I'm trying different things to allow him to adjust to us being at home so one of the things that I've found was um I know that classical music works really well on dogs and I feel like um I know everyone just like with kids is like my kids the cutest my kids the smartest I know us as fur babies or fur parents I should say or you know doggy parents we feel like oh my cat is the smartest my dog is the smartest my fish knows you know like we are proud of our pets just like um you know parents are proud of their kids so I can honestly say being like the parent twice over as far as pet parent goes i honestly might say that marley might be even smarter than agape and agape was highly intelligent for a dog like he would laugh he had facial expressions he loved things like sunglasses he didn't like clothes as far as wearing like shirts and stuff like that and i love to put shirts on him but he just hated it but he liked sunglasses he liked getting his hair cut like mohawks or having like different styles because if i didn't style his hair he would fix it himself, and if Agape um, felt like I didn't give him a haircut in a timely manner, he would let you know, because he's like, yo, fix my hair, like, I need to edge up, like, so I felt like Agape was smart, but Marley, I feel like, is smart as well, like, even Dubtel, I'm just gonna give you a story about him real quick this morning, okay, so it's like, early morning, it's like 630 in the morning because I wake up early, guys. Like I told you probably before. So I'm in the office. I'm doing some stuff, you know, working. You know, I'm on a computer and um, Marley comes in. Mind you, before he comes in, I said, OK, I'm going to make some tea. So I'm going to make some soursop tea and I'm going to boil like an egg and make some turkey bacon. Right. So I put the turkey bacon in the oven because I'm trying to do things on some like, hey, multitask. I'm not trying to sit here and cook like real early in the morning, like a whole situation. But I am hungry, so I'm gonna eat something light, make some tea, you know, boil some water, throw some couple of strips of turkey bacon in the oven and boil a, a egg. So I can have like a hard boiled egg. Some toast, real simple, right? But in the midst of it, I start working and I get into a zone like thirty minutes later. You know, but before the thirty minutes, before I even realize and that's my fault, you know, Marley came in several times trying to tell me like, hey, you need to come into the kitchen. (laughs) If he could talk, that's probably what he would say. And it would not have took me so long. But um, I'm like, what do you want? You went out for the morning because I feed him first. I let him go use the bathroom outside. I take care of him as soon as I wake up. Right. So I know he's good. Like we're on a routine, especially since quarantine. We had to change the routine a little bit. But yeah, we're on the routine. So he knows what the deal is. And I know what the deal is with him. So I'm like, what do you want? You ate? He went to the bathroom. You're supposed to be chilling right now until further notice. Like, why are you harassing me? And he's looking at me like, if only I could talk, I would tell you that you need to come check on this egg that the water has boiled out of. Then, I don't know, for some reason, I looked at him, and he's, like, scratching at me, like, scratching at me. I'm in the chair, he's just, like, stretched up, scratching at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, the egg. And he's like, finally, you realize it. And we were, so he runs to the door and he moves out the way to let me, you know, dart out to the kitchen. Like he already, know, like, I know you realize what's going on. Thank God the egg didn't burn. Thank God I didn't make a, um, kitchen fire early in the morning. And thank God my bacon didn't burn. And you know, I would, I can't lie. It's not good to use microwave water for tea, but I did microwave the water this morning. So that wasn't a factor of having like two fires of boiling water, but my egg like literally was like a little bit of water in the bottom of the pot because I fill all the way up you know what I'm saying just to play it safe if I'm not paying any attention so it was like a little bit of water in the pot still but it was like a lot of steam coming out of it it was like yo this egg is done it's definitely hard boiled type of thing right and he was looking so of course, after I attended to the breakfast, it took everything off. I was like, OMG. So I had to pick him up and really give him praise and really talk to him. And I talk to him. Like, I do research and they say, like, you know, how you treat your dog and even your children, you know, like how you speak to them resonates with how they learn, you know. So if I'm like, sit, sit, no, stop. And talking to them like aggressive and um, demanding, then the dog will be aggressive and demanding. So however you treat them is how you, they are going to respond to you as well as they're going to know how to act when you're not there, you know, that's part of training, I feel. So anyway, I had to like pick him up and praise him. And I have a whole conversation from early in the morning like, oh, my God, you are such a good boy. You are so smart. He's looking at me because he's kind of cocky. If you've seen him on my Instagram or on my Facebook and I don't pose him out and I don't like stage him, he's literally that's him. You know what I'm saying? You put certain stuff for him. It's like he knows he's fly. Like he love like Marley's the opposite of Agape. Marley loves clothes. Marley loves all things fly. He loves to go out to restaurants where we can have pets so he can eat. Like he's reaping the benefits. Like Agape, you know, opened a door for Marley to live, if that makes any sense. Or like I said, like, I died for you to live. I feel like Agape died for Marley to live in a weird kind of way. I'm not saying that. I wish I could have both of them today. But, um. Yeah, like I I spoiled Agape, which was my first dog, extremely, extremely over the top to the point that some of a lot of stuff I did, he did not respond well to it, you know, he liked haircuts and grooming, but he everything else was out the window, like he wanted to be a dog, you know, whereas I think Marley thinks he's human, like he likes clothes, he likes hoodies, he likes jackets, he's like, yo, I can't go outside if it's raining, I need a raincoat, like he's very particular, this dog is so funny. But um, he's very smart, too. So I've been learning to, like, do some behavior. I'm doing, like, some behavioral training with him. It's really more so because we're home. So it was, like, adaptation training. Like, trying to adapt him to this new life that we're living, right? Because Colossal and I, you know, full-time, 100%, everything we do, like, our office is in the house, you know? And then we just go outside for errands. But we play close to the ranch right now, and we stay at home so um with that being said I'm gonna try some different things with him because I don't want him to I still want him to feel sense of independence and sense of like okay everywhere I go like it's mommy it's daddy I I don't you know still want him to be him you know and we let him go outside because we have a big yard so people be like when they come up to the house we just open the door let him go out back they'd be like you let him out there because if people thinks like you know, it's wooded where we live at it's rural. So he was like, You little wooded ass? You just let him go into the woods like that? And I'm like, No, it's, you know, fenced and it's secure, so he's good. But he does have a lot of space to roam. So sometimes I can't even lie. And I've been living here for a couple of years now. I might forget that he's out there, like I'm doing other things. Like one time I was on the com I was on a phone with my mom and it was like two hours in. She's like, Where's Marley? I don't hear him barking or because Marley barks for like you know, the mailman, he barks for the Amazon man. He barks for the person that stops at the stop sign at the end of the street. Like, cause we, uh, you know, the stop signs at that right by our house. So he barks it for car stops. Like he's, he's a barker, you know, he's a chihuahua poodle. So he's a barker. That's the chihuahua in him. But this particular day, like it was not that long ago too, but I'm going to phone my mom. Like just talking, 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 talking about whatever I'm talking about. And my mom was like, wait, hold up. Where's Marley? I haven't heard him in like an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, I let him outside. <laughs> he's like, you keep on letting him outside in that big yard, and you know he's going he's to get out. He's so little, he can get out the fence. And I'm like, he's not going to leave, but let me go outside. I went outside, I started hyperventilating because I looked the whole yard over and could not find the dog. So I'm like, oh, my God, Ma, i got to call you back. And I go, and he's like on the side of the house, so like out of view, out of the camera's view. like I would, It was crazy. But um, just to let you know, like I try to give him his independence of being an animal. You know, I will try to baby him like, oh, he's human. You know, I'm going to make him into a child. He is a dog and I make him like I take him around a friend of mine who breeds um, pit bullies, pit bull bullies, you know. And I brought Agape, even though it didn't work out well, because Agape is live. He's not fixed. So, you know, another male dog seen another male dog. It was sort of territorial. But before that, it was pretty good. Like, you know, for 85% of his visit, it was good. But he interacts with other dogs. All the other dogs he interacts with 90% of the time are like pit bulls or um, Rottweilers. It's like not small dogs, but they be right in, in line with him, you know. And I'm able to leave him with friends when I travel out of the country and they have other dogs. And, you know, but everyone's like, we want to keep Marley. You could keep my dog. We'll keep Marley. He's so smart. He's so this. So, I think it's because I do take a little bit of extra time with him that I may have not taken with agape, but it's just like kids, you know, like the first time you might be like, do a couple of things, make a couple of mistakes. Then you have a second child and You're like, Hey, I'm going to try something different and just see if this formula works. Instead of using pampers, you know, I'm going to use diaper, cloth diapers. You know, you might to try something different, you know, with the second time around. So that's kind of what I did with, um, Marley. I'm going to like a whole, 20 minute rant about Marley but all I have to say is if you hear some classical music playing in the background that's what it is it's me playing classical music for Marley right now so he's in the other room chilling listening to Spotify it's so weird but ironically I went out there like okay let me you know turn it down a little bit let me just make sure he's good before I start engaging into the podcast and start recording and I went out that I'm looking at he's like completely engaged with the tv he's like look at the tv like what is this and he's he's really liking this so oh, like, okay so he's responsive to it or receptive to it i should say so that's interesting i like to try different things you know just to see how it works out because um the thing that i felt like i probably lost out with my first dog and everybody's probably like what the hell are you ranting and raving about a dog like this but i literally do have a community of dog parents that i interact with on facebook instagrams different facets of social media as well as in real life you know like last year i didn't buy gifts for the kids because you know like say when you work at a place you know everyone's like oh we're gonna do a gift giving but you could buy stuff for the kids instead of us and type of things but i said well what about the parents of doggies you know like we never get things for our kids you know what i'm saying like we can't bring our kid to work obviously and we can't you know highlight different things you know because there's dogs there's animals you know and it's, it's weird you're bringing your animal in I get it but we do love our pets like family they are extensions of our family so last year I said you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna buy a bunch of doggy toys and everyone that I work with in the office that has a pet that's a pet parent and you know talk about their dog and you know gush over their pets the way I do with Marley they're going to get a gift from Marley. Their pet is going to get a Christmas gift from Marley. So it was so cute. They got like a bag of doggy treats and like a little, you know, toy gift from them. And it was like a lot of gifts. I was really wild. I I was really in the Christmas mood. But at the end of the day, what was really um pleasing about or satisfying to me about that whole situation when I did it last Christmas was to see everyone's face light up like, oh my God, you thought about my dog some of these people have kids you know what i'm saying so it's not like it's just their dog you know whatever like me i don't have kids so marley is like double he's like my doggy kid but um some people yeah they're like me they just don't have kids and they have their just their pets and that's their kid and then some people are like um you know this is an extension of our family we have kids and this is our dog this is like the kid's brother so he's part of the family too but everyone who has Pets and take care of them and treat them well. For the most part that I've encountered, treat their fan, their pet like a part of the family. So, with that being said, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get them gifts from Marley, from Marley to their doggy or their cats, you know, and stuff like that. And it was, it was a hit. It was really successful. It was just something I wanted to do to be like, hey, let's not forget other people that love different things. Like, yeah, we may not have kids, and sometimes it's like. I'm not bashing parents and I'm not bashing that because it's it's you know it's hard to raise kids and you know kudos to parents you know single and together that are raising their kids um that's definitely a task but to me I feel like dogs is even difficult as well because they can't speak they can't tell you their stomach hurts or they don't feel well you know they can't tell you like oh so it's, they rely on you to take care of them, you know? So sometimes you got to be a little bit more vigilant. I feel like you got to be vigilant with your kids, but you got to be vigilant with the dogs and be like, are they okay? Are they all right? Like, you know, got to check on them and make sure that everything is good. And if you do have a dog, God bless it, like Marley, and I'm not bragging but that do try to communicate with you and let you know like hey like when he needs water he goes over to the sink and jumps like I need water give me water and when he needs like I want to go outside he'll go to the door and scratch the door now what we've been doing especially since it's like kind of cooler and it's not like the crazy flies and mosquitoes etc we'll kind of leave the door cracked and then he'll just go he'll push the door open go out then he comes back in And he's fine. And we kind of leave a crack for him just to give him a little bit more independence. And I also know that he's not going out the yard. One time, my um, lawn guy left the fence on the side open. And we let Marley out. And we forgot about him. And I went out there. And he was looking out the fence. But he would not go out that fence. And I was like, I want to see what he's going to do. So I kind of like was hiding around the corner just looking at him. And he looked. He looked, and he turned around and came back. And I was like, he know what he eat. <laughs> he like oxtail bone, so he ain't going nowhere. Nah. But um, so that was all that ranting and raving was about, was basically saying, like, I'm researching um keeping a dog calm in COVID times. And I'm researching how to, like, keep your pet's mood balanced during these times. And I researched and read saying that, Classical music, soothing music. I was on the right track because I play chill hop anyway. When I'm in the office working, I'm just a music person, so I think I'm more productive with like a little soundtrack in the background, something mellow. It doesn't have to be hype, but something a little mellow, you know. And then, um, yeah. So that's what I did there. So 20 minutes. She can talk about the dog, Lord. But um, we are here, episode eight. We made it. We are officially two months in. Yay! Hey, Dopey J. I gotta give a little shout out to P Valley because I love Miss Mississippi and she like hey. So yeah, that's where I got that from. Shout out. But um, two months in. And I'm still having fun, not saying that, you know, two months, but I'm kind of like ADD in a way where I'll be like, um, I'm not getting a response or whatever, no, move on to the next, I got a lot of things to do, but I get a great response, but I'm not only just excited about that, I truly have fun speaking to you guys, even though... I'm here in my studio and you guys are wherever you are listening. I feel like we're together. Like when I get together and do this podcast episode for you guys weekly, I feel like I'm sitting down with some friends and I'm like talking and I'm like, hey, you know, we're going over the week and you know, it's good to catch up at least once a week, right? Like when you see your friends or your family, you call them at least once a week, the people you care about or check in with them, some form of fashion, if it's a text or whatever, even if it's on Facebook, like, are you good? All right you know, once a week. So I, I like doing the podcast because during these times, I think it's really, um, important that we check in with each other and make sure everyone's good, you know? So if I can do my part to check in with you all and, um, make sure we're good, make sure you all are good, and I'm going to do my part, you know, so, and if you are going to continue to check in with me, thank you, I appreciate it, and, um, yeah, continue to check in with me, so we can have this conversation, and continue to hit me up, and let me know, I I love when you guys, like, listen to an episode, and it hit me up, and be like, yo, this was interesting, I like when you said that, blah, 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 let me know that you guys are really Engaged or interacting, so I definitely do appreciate that. I feel like I'm not doing it in vain, and thank you all for you know making a feel a girl feel good. Look at me, I'm getting tongue tied again, about to get mushy, but you know, thank you all. But um, alrighty. So twenty minutes in, this week's episode of She Can Talk is we're gonna talk on. A, it's really just a freestyle episode because the week's been crazy. For example. Um last week and or last week Friday, I believe it was, I want to shout out to Buster Rhymes for dropping Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God. OMG. First of all, twenty-two tracks, all bangers. Shout out to all the producers up there. Everybody laced it. I don't have nothing. To say bad about it. Nothing at all to say bad about it. We was in here rocking. I mean, I've literally been on a Busta Rhymes high since the album dropped. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let me say it one more time. Yes. E-L-E to the wrath of God. And you know how some people will be like going off the deep end? Like, let me tell you something about me that I have to go deep with. I'm not, I don't, you know, like I'd rather say nothing. If I didn't like it, when I was younger or years ago, I might have been like, "I don't like this shit" or whatever. If I didn't like it, but then you know, my mom and just you know, professionally and just time and experience, you learn that sometimes you got to keep your opinion to yourself, right? So I've learned to say nothing if I don't like it, okay? And the reason why I've learned to say nothing because You know, people who know me professionally, who know me personally, who know me closely, close to the vest, know that um, I have a hard time lying, I have a hard time um fronting. I just can't do it, so I would look weird doing it. Like, oh, this is dope, yo, and knowing deep down inside, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you know, just as a music lover and a music creator, a creator creative in the arts i don't feel like i should lie to a fellow musician right so all that to say is like i'm not gonna bullshit you excuse my language because i've been using a lot of profanity this episode but it just goes with the week that we've been having so i'm not gonna bs you buster's album was so dope on so many levels first of all let's give respect to the king the legend buster rhymes gotta give him a little clap (laughs) I'm, you know, I don't really be doing all the clapping like that. So if you heard that, I hope you did. I had to give a clap, a little ovation right there. Because on so many different levels. Buster said it took him 11 years. 11 years to do this album. And I watched, Um, I think it was like last week, Friday or Saturday. I don't know. My days just run into each other at this point. But a couple of days ago at this point, I watched um his episode of Drink Champs with Nori and DJ E F N on YouTube. It's on Revolt. So if you have Revolt T V, big up to Diddy and Revolt. But I also I watch it on um, you know, YouTube. But this episode was like four and a half, almost reaching five hours, okay? And Busta, King Buster Rhymes, had you fully engaged throughout the episode. Fully engaged throughout the episode. A couple of things that um piqued my interest or that resonated with me, I should say, about Buster Rhymes's drink champ episode was when he talked about dancehall music, and how dancehall music, Jamaican people, are the creators of hip-hop. Um, I completely, completely, 100 and 2,000% agree with him on that statement. And I'm not saying that because I'm Jamaican, and I'm not saying that because I'm from the Bronx, but I also know the story. You know what I'm saying? My people don't come from Yard. My people are very musical, and I've seen it and I hear it, and I learned it prior to. So I'm not going to take away the fact that the Bronx had Puerto Ricans, um, Dominicans, Haitians, and just a melting pot of people that created and and contributed to hip-hop. What I'm talking about is the element of the block party, the element of the DJ with the two turntables and the big, massive speakers just like playing music loud on the block, just shutting down a party, you know, shutting down a neighborhood and having a party sometimes for days, you know, so that comes from Yard. And everyone by now, if you don't know, do your research, because this is fact, but DJ Herc, who is, you know, basically given credit for creating hip hop is Jamaican. And he came from Jamaica to the Bronx, like many of us caribbean people have done like if you're jamaican or from the caribbean is certain places and i'm i can't speak about the whole caribbean okay because i know jamaica and i could talk about my family but i know if you are a fellow jamaican is certain places you have family you have family at england you have family at canada you have family at jamaica in new york you have family at new york and you have family at florida OK, those are like the five places for show. Now, I have family in other places other than those these places that I named. But in those places that I just named, I for show got family that I can hit up right now. OK, like. For sure, because that's how Jamaican people are. And it's just like certain routes of immigration that our family has taken to let them land in pursuit of a better life. So a, a lot of Jamaican people went from like the route of um, coming from the islands to New York and in particular to the Bronx, you know. So it was a heavy, heavy community of Caribbean, but in particular Jamaican people in the Bronx. And if you have a community of people, just like if you have Spanish people from, you know, I don't know, Puerto Rico come over, or if you have Haitian people from Haiti come over and they get into a community of their own type of people. Look at look at Little China where you have a community of people that get together. They're gonna do what they know because no one's gonna disagree with the speakers coming out and the music being played loud because the whole community wanna hear the music and everybody want dance and everybody wanna relax and blow up some steam, right? Another part of it is the battle, the MC battle. That's pure, pure Jamaican originations. Like, um, I mentioned before about Sunsplash. I may have mentioned Sting, but Sting is definitely, uh, you know, the battlegrounds in Jamaica. But a couple of episodes back, I mentioned to you as far as part of my history and me telling my, um, inspirations and wh- how I've come to be as gongly and what inspires me creatively is my Caribbean roots right and Buster touched on this and I just oh my god like I was in tears you know because I just always have a love and respect for Buster Rhymes but just seeing this king speak and speak th- from his heart that closely is from my heart who he did it for me this weekend but um he said how um he touched bases on, you know, Jamaican people being the originators of hip hop. And he touched on like the block party and the battle. And a couple of episodes back, I mentioned this thing and how my uncle, who was, you know, very good friends with Shinehead, who was like a a reggae artist from Jamaica. But then he started to go commercial and do like a little bit of hip hop and started, you know, doing collaborations with hip hop artists in New York. So he became big on the American side as well, but he became international because he would go to Japan. He would go to England, Canada. Like, Shinehead was an international artist with big records back in the days, you know? And my uncle was a close friend of his would go on tours with him, would travel with him and bring back tapes of their shows, tapes of just shows they went to. Cause you know, they like ballers. They're going on, you know, VIP. And they, you watching like literally if the reggae Sunsplash was four days, Me and my cousins and my brother, we watch a four days worth of VCR tapes. You know what I'm saying? If it's sting battle and it's three days... We're watching three days worth of VCR tapes because back in these days, there was no DVDs. And although you could fast forward it, why would you? You don't want to miss nothing. These are hella, hella top-notch acts from around the world. Not just Jamaica that would come to Jamaica and perform or also engage in the battles. And they would battle each other with the live band and go back and forth, right? So... I mentioned artists like Admirability, Lieutenant Stitchy, Koko you know, Ranks, Ninja Mandem. I mentioned these artists just a couple of episodes back and to see that, oh my God, Busta not only can relate to me, but he's a king. He's a legend. So I only pray and would be grateful to see a third of the platform that Buster has to be able to speak to the people and tell my stories and, you know, let more people know. Cause I've been through stuff and I've experienced things. And I think, you know, I tell stories to like friends and family, just, you know, associates and they'll be like, you need to do a movie about that. Oh my God. You know, so I have some stories, but I would be just blessed and honored to be on half of the platform that Buster is on, you know, now to be able to tell those stories, but it just moved me and moved my spirit. To hear someone that can relate to not only how I grew up, but what inspired them creatively in hip-hop. And to know, like, it's, you know, like, it's easy for them because them come from yada. You know what I'm saying? Like, the yada inspiration, the Jamaican inspiration. So, oh my goodness, that just dope on dope then it was just like bust the overload after I saw that interview which I mean I'm not even going into I it, you know I'm just speaking about the piece of his interview that was just like oh my goodness riveting but the all four hours I felt like I was on a work shift like I had to like pause and get something to eat it was very insightful inspirational and educational at the same time he had you know jokes and everything but just to see a regal individual. When I say regal, like sitting, you know, like, you know, he's a king. Like when you say like the the way he exudes it, the, the regalness, you know, and to see he captivates not only the room, but whoever's watching the video online at home. You know, like, you're not going to skip through it or fast forward. You're going to watch this interview. So big up to Nori, big up to DJ EFN, big up to Drink Champs, because that was, like, one of the most powerful interviews that I've seen on their um show in a minute he they have a lot of good guests but this right here and to him talk and to him talk about his love for his brothers and how we as you know people we should love each other and we should lift each other up and to hear how you know he's telling his stories about you know how he had to research and educate himself to um you know to get to where he's at I just said to you guys the other day that I'm in school right now because I want to be a better leader, a better contributor to the culture of music, a better contributor, better supporter to my fellow man that's trying to get their music heard and get out there. And I can't do that if I don't know and have a proper direction to go into. So you have to educate yourself, you know? And some people will take that and feel like, you know, oh, that's a sign of weakness or you don't know nothing. No one's born with 100% knowledge. So you have to seek it and you have to learn and you have to research, you know? You can't just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to, you know, everyone, and then with that knowledge comes practice and implementation to become, per, you know, to make it right, you know, and to know, to see Buster and to hear him speaking from his heart, like when he spoke about his friendship with Chris Lighty, business and personal, and the emotion behind that, you felt that. So respect and rest in peace to Chris Lighty. Shout out to Violator. Like, oh my God, I just felt like I was there with him in the room with him, like, you couldn't tell me I wasn't sitting in the room next to Buster where he was giving this interview, it was so powerful, then, you go back, because I listened to the album first, okay, so you listen to the album with a full critique consumer ear, like, let me hear these beats, let me hear whatever, there's a couple of joints up there, it's so many, to, it's 22 tracks, so, it's so many to list, but I will say, amongst some of my favorite is um the Muhammad, the Fard Muhammad. I'm probably butchering the title because that's how I be doing. And I don't have my phone right next to me. But the one with Rick Ross, total, total gem. Then the joint with um Nikki Greer singing on the hook, total, total banger. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a couple of them up there that I was like completely impressed with. And I'm like not really even like impressed from like a oh wow standpoint. Impressed like, yo. I really didn't expect nothing less from Buster, but I'm impressed to see that, you know, the king came through like this. You know what I'm saying? Like for Buster Rhymes, this is, who could really expect nothing less, right? So I just wanted to shout out Buster Rhymes, shout out Extinction Level Event 2. And honestly, I don't give, like, for example, you've seen a couple of episodes back, I gave Tory Lanez a good critique when other people were not feeling it and I've noticed and I'm not gonna say that oh I've single-handedly turned people's opinion of Tory Lanez's album around but as I think people got time to kind of let go of that fluff let go of the um and that's another thing Buster touched on I'll come back to it but just to piggyback off of that but um real quick like I think what people was able to like get away from the fanfare of the drama that surrounded the individual and actually listen to the artwork and listen to the the project that he created, people started to be like, yo, this dude got some bangers. This is a missile. And they started to give Tory Lanez his props for the album because it's not a bad album at all. And I think if any of you guys are open-minded, go listen to it for yourself. Don't listen to what people are saying. Don't read the comments. Go listen to it. And then if you don't like it, then I respect that you know, but, um, just to say like, I'm not one that go with the grain. I'll, if I like it, I'm not afraid or ashamed or scared to say, Hey, I like that. If everyone else is saying they don't like it and vice versa. If everyone else is saying, um, it's hot, you know, I'm not going to go out my way to rage and be like, I don't like it. But I will say like, nah, I'm not really, you know, feeling that. And then I'll give my reasons as to why I'm not feeling that, which is something that I think that we should do. Like if you're in school, you have to defend your thesis or defend your paper. You know, if you're at work, if you're a lawyer, if you're so many different facets of just living that you're going to have to defend your point, you know, when you're making a statement. So as long as you can say, hey, look, I don't like mashed potatoes. The reason why I don't like mashed potatoes is the substance is kind of mushy. And when you kind of have it left over, it gets all hard and weird. I just don't like that substance. I feel like I'm eating air when I eat mashed potatoes. But if you give me potato salad with the chunks of potato in it, with the mayonnaise and the egg and the onions, and then that's a different situation. I mess up with the potato salad. You know what I'm saying? Like you tell me the reasons why you don't like mashed potatoes versus potato salad. then i could like, okay, I understand that. I like mashed potatoes with a little butter and gravy. It's all nice but I can see why you don't like it. It makes sense to me. Am I saying that you're a jerk for don't liking it? No. Am I saying that you're wrong? No. So that's just how i I choose to live in life and be comfortable with it. You know, sometimes I know that my opinion may not, maybe the unpopular one and I'm okay with that, you know? So just to let you know that I'm not a bandwagoner and I'm not a, um, piggybacker. If that's even a word, you know, but um, kudos to the legend of the King Buster Rhymes because that was a great album. I'm not going to do a whole review like line by line, word for word. Definitely check it out. I would recommend it. It's definitely a checkout. It's definitely something you can rock to. And then just being of a certain era in hip hop and being of a certain um age, you can appreciate the work that this king has put in. So, and I just like the whole fact, I got that from him because he called every gentleman in the room king and every woman in the room queen. And, you know, I like that about Bust and I respect that because it's like, I see me and you. So if I see me and you, I'm not going to call you nothing less because I'm a king or I'm a queen. You see what I'm saying? And that's powerful beyond powerful. Also, just to kind of piggyback and bring it back around to, like, Tory Lanez. He didn't talk about Tory Lanez in particular, but he made a statement that was also powerful, Busta Rhymes. He said, um, it's um, at the times we're living in, people are more concerned about, well, what you eat, drink, and shit on a daily basis versus the music that you created or the artwork that you created for the people to consume. They're worrying about what you're consuming versus what you've put your blood, sweat and tears into for the world to consume. Man, when he said that, I could have slid out the seat like water. Like, oh my God, I completely agree with that. You know, this era of life that we live in, it's like, yes, I do the podcast. And yes, I come to talk to you guys on a weekly basis. And I try to open up to you guys. And this is my way of attempting to be a little bit more open and opening a doorway for you guys, as my audience, as my listeners, as my fans, and my supporters, my loved ones, you know, my family to connect to me, you know. So, this is my way of opening up because I can't just like, I'm not comfortable yet just getting on the live and showing you everything I got and blase blah, blah, you know. And people be joking, be like, yo, dude, like, you be chilling, like, why you always see is a corner of the table. Why don't you show the crib and show y'all? Cars and shit. Why? Why should I do that? Because everyone's going through something. I can't lie. Like, I'm human. It's been days when I've been at work and it's like a rainy, drabby day, even though I live in Florida. Like, it's just been raining because we get those times of year where it's just rain, right? And I'm stuck at work, no vacation time. I can't go to Jamaica. I can't fly to Paris. I can't change the weather and go to Cali right now. I'm stuck at work doing what's required of me to pay my bills, right? And then I see a friend flash up and they're like in Jamaica on a canoe in a bikini in the sun. You feel that like, ah, I want to be there, bitch. But at the same time, I can respect like, yo, you earned it. Like I'm not, I'm not a hater, you know, but you feel that, you know what I'm saying? And, um, Just that emotion. I use a very lighthearted scenario because I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to that. Like, damn, they're chilling. Damn, they went to there. Or, you know, someone went to somewhere you, you know, was thinking about going to or whatever. Or you're saving up money to go to, et cetera. So, um, just that whole, I don't know. It it can be braggadocious. It can hurt other people. You can set yourself up to be like a lick. It's just so many different ways that I look at it. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I'm just not comfortable with being that person, like, oh, I'm every minute, I'm chilling, I'm eating this, I'm, I have a wing page, I do put up, because that's my, you know, that's my, um, guilty pleasures, chicken wings, and I travel to a lot of places, and I noticed that one thing that you can kind of rely on is safe food, even if you leave the country, is chicken, and that I don't really be wanting to consume, like, um, I don't know, I think chicken breast, cooked certain ways is dry so you know I don't want to risk it in certain places so a chicken wing you can't go wrong you know simple small piece of meat to cook you can eat you can eat it real quick and you know you can eat with some rice eat it with a salad you know just simple to the point so I just created this like safe zone of when I travel like I eat chicken wings because it's safe and that's just something that I did and then as time went on even with like working at a job, you know, like that's what happened how I even started my chicken wing page. Like one of my coworkers was like, "Girl, you can tell me every chicken wing around here and what's the best ones and what's the best flavors, who has the best ones, who has processed frozen wings, etc." Girl, you need to do like a blog about chicken wings because everyone comes to you about the best wings and the best stuff, right? And I'm like, I know I'm kind of greedy. That's a shame. But that's how I actually started my Kaleen Eat Wings Instagram was because people would come to me like, hey, you know, is this good? That's good. Because in a weird kind of way, I was like in a focus group for my job. And I told them like, we was on a really big, nice campus. Bring food trucks out. Let the food, tr-, you know, instead of you, you're worrying about like, you know, because it's like we try to brainstorm ways to like keep employees happy. Keep, you know, make stuff convenient for them because I'm an employee too. So I'm thinking of ways that's going to make it convenient for them while also reducing attrition and reducing certain numbers like coming back late from lunch or going late or tardiness or absenteeism, et cetera. So if you give people incentives, like a food truck rally, you know, that might help them out. So a couple of years ago, I kind of suggested that, and there's been a hit ever since. So I'm not going to take it single-handedly, but yes, I am going to take it single-handedly because everyone, like, would still to this day be like, well, not right now because it's COVID time, so that's all out the window, and 90% of everyone works from home. So uh, 100% of the people work from home, so that's not even an option right now, but Food trucks was really big, you know, so people would come and be like, hey, this food truck. And then I would go different places, like perform at a show, be at a festival somewhere and encounter different food trucks or different people around the Tampa Bay area. And I'd be like, hey, you guys need to come on down over here. You know, this is a nice campus. And I would bring food trucks. So a lot of people was like, you know, good food. You really do. Like you make good food and you know, good food. You just need to talk about food. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a rapper. <laughs> I do music. And everybody was like, no, you're a connoisseur. Like you really should do it. So that's how I started the page, you know, just to kind of play it safe or whatever. But um, and I don't even know what that ramble went off to because we all know she can talk. OMG. But, um, I was talking about Buster, and I know that for sure. And um, just different parts of his conversation that resonated with me, like his interviews. He um, also talked about, like, you know, haters. And, you know, like, I guess him and Nori are really close, and they have, like, a a, a professional friendship as well as a personal friendship that that probably spans 25, 30-plus years at this point. But um, it was just so awesome watching that that it was so refreshing too so once again shout out to the drink champs for that because you guys that was so dope but um he mentioned about a time when I guess he was at a low point and um you know the haters were just piling on on top of it you know and that's what I'm saying like you never know what people are going through you just see what you see and you know kind of goes back to like when Chadwick Boseman made one of his last posts and he was like talking about I guess um to Jackie Robinson Foundation and talking about the movie 42 and you know he was still selflessly in in his last days still trying to get love and support and recognition and funding for charities selflessly that had nothing to do with his health or him personally. You know, but people saw him, they saw the weight loss and instantly went to like, Oh, he's a crackhead, you know, he's on drugs, blah, blah, blah. I went to he doesn't look good, but you know, I know how actors are and he's a damn good actor. So I would not be surprised if it's like in mode for a role. That's what I went. I went to first like Me personally, but um, you know, Buster touched on that, and he was like, you know, people see you, you know, and then he touched on himself, like how he was on the opposite end, like he gained a lot of weight, and you know, he was out of shape, and then you know, just certain things that just happened, you know, not a lot of things, because I don't can honestly remember a lot of crazy things that happened with Buster Mimes personally. The only thing that I remember was like a couple of years ago he was performing, or I think like Ot Genesis was performing, and he had a mishap and fell off the stage, but. Stages are dangerous. Them shits be rickety. They be acting like, oh, yeah, you're good to go. They pay you $5,000 or whatever to come out before, but they put you on the $2 stage. Like, I've been there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't hold that against the man. And I never even, I don't know. He's just like an icon to me that, I don't know, there's certain people that I'm like, whatever, they can't do no wrong. (laughs) You know, so unless they do it to me directly, then that's a different story. But in the meantime, you know. So, like I said, when he talked about all that, he touched on all of that and he kind of, you've seen the human in him and then it's like he looked in the camera or just kind of looked around the room I should say because I felt like I was in the damn room but he looked around and he said I'm telling you this about my you know how I was emotional and how I had to go through a tough time and I'm sharing with you all I couldn't even years ago be comfortable to the point to share like this with you all but I'm sharing it with you all to let you know that see what I'm going through and see what I went through and let you know that I'm no different from you. We all go through shit. We all, when he said that, I was like, yo, Buster must be in the room with me. You know what I'm saying? Like I could completely relate to that, completely relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll be sitting here feeling like the world hates you or you'll be sitting here feeling like, yo, what did I do? Like why is that? but you don't look at the whole picture. You might feel the negative energy in the room, and because you feel it, you might feel it's towards you, but everyone's going through something. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has their own reason to be tense, especially in these times. You know, look at all the shit we're going through with elections and protests and police brutality, systemic racism around the world, not just America. You know what I'm saying? So people are tense, and people are probably more tense than normal. And more sensitive than normal, you know? So I think um, it was just refreshing to see that, you know, someone as mighty in in his resume, in his... Dude, when he speaks, he commands the room, he roars like a lion, you know what I'm saying? Call him the dungeon dragon, you know what I'm saying? Like, for someone so mighty as Busta Rhymes to be so human and tell you about his vulnerabilities his weaknesses at times, his, um, sensitive subjects, you know, personal, close to the vest. Like when he talked about Chris Lighty and he shed a tear, you know, that was real. I shed a tear from the realness. Cause I could relate to that. And I could relate to having close friends of mine who I've lost within the last year here that even up until like right before God bless my home girl, Wubnash, love you, will be West in peace even right up until before be passed away last year, we had a conversation making plans about what we're going to do when I come out, you know, and do this festival in Hawaii with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, we was making plans. We make plans, you know? And to see, like, um, how can, you know, how can um someone you was just talking to and making plans with someone that holds you down and hold you together take a turn like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I completely related to that completely, I cried with him, cried with him, you know what I'm saying, and that just lets me know that, like, Busta Rhymes couldn't have said it better himself, like, um, you know, we go through stuff, we're human, you know, this episode, it's, it's gonna call, I'm gonna call this episode, look at me, 50 minutes in, I'm gonna call this, the flowers to Busta, or let me correct that, flowers for Buster rhymes respect due that's what I'm going to call this episode like i didn't even really like i had to, i was going to talk about this whole you know i had this whole dialogue about like elections and I, I don't really like talking about elections and i had not even really about the elections but about like the bastion of people who opinions different from yours. You know what I'm saying? If it differs, it differs. But you bash them, like, you're stupid, you're this, and start calling them out their names. I had a whole rhetoric on that, but I'll leave that for next time because we're still in the trenches with um this election, so I'm not going to even go there yet. But um, really and truly, like, Busted really moved me this week here, this past week. Really and truly. The project, another thing that um resonated with me about his project, he said it took him 11 years to make, he put out extinction level event plus plenty of projects in between many, many years prior to the 11 years it took to him to make this project. Right. And, um, the one thing, the one word that comes to mind to me when I think of Buster Rhymes is loyalty. You know, I thought it was so dope that he used, his same producers, like, you know, he could have been like, oh, I'm, you know, who's the latest, hottest producer, that's what I'm gonna use, I'm gonna get the latest, hottest sound, I wanna make sure that, that, that you know, 2020 hear me and feel me, you know I could do that drill, you know I could do that, whatever, you know, Buster was like, I'm gonna be true to Buster. you know what I'm saying, and I respect that, cause I'm like that, like, you know, I still work with producers, that I've worked with from, you know, day one, now, don't get me wrong, I, I, And just like with Buster, because he has a song with Trippy Red, he has songs with new artists as well, like, not just, you know, artists from his era or just producers from his era, but I like the fact that he kept that loyalty. Like, he was like, yo, dude, you know we got a good sound. And I'm completely with that. Like, if the sound works, don't break it. You know what I'm saying? So, respect to him on that as well. Respect, respect. Yo, so... That's what I'm gonna do. The Don and the Boss. I'ma take I'ma end this show out this evening with the Don and the Boss. Because that's definitely um one of my favorite tracks on this project with Buster. And it resonated with me because you know I come from Yard. I always tell you every time I'm Jamaican from the Bronx that rap and I always incorporate. My culture and roots, my roots and culture and in a ting. And Buster is a man after my own heart. He does the same thing. And like it just gets me so hyped. Like let me tell you what I wish Buster would do. Buster rhymes, King Bus. If you're out there listening to me, I might actually send you this episode, real talk, because I want you to listen to me. If you and I'm pretty sure you probably thought about it. But if you can, beg your door. Please, for me, people, them. can you drop a reggae album? It would be so dope if I can collab with you on that. I would love to just bless you with a verse for the reggae album. If you want it, me have it for you. But just for my listening pleasure, if you can drop, and just do it like how you do it. Like, I'm not saying it got to be 100% reggae beats. Like, keep that joint hot. You can still do the hip-hop on it, but just, like, pure rhythm, y'all, kick. Pure lyrics, y'all, speech. Pure dance, y'all, y'all do. you know? I think that'd be lit. Like, you know, like, Snoop did a reggae album, and I respect it. Snoop also did a gospel album, which was dope, you know? But Bus, come on, man. I think Buss need for do um... A jamaican album i look a big reggae thing for the people that my massive and crew and then the shutdown Sunsplash and stinger whatever them have when they time for come i think that'd be so dope so from my lips to your ears king bus king bus our boss beg your door hopefully that's something you got coming in the works i know you say you got the flip mode squad album dropping next year that's gonna be dope i'm looking forward to it just long time fan but um if you could do that i think i think all my um all my buster bust dreams buster rhymes dreams will be fulfilled real spill so that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go ahead because i'm not gonna beat y'all down you know i am going to go back to watching this election and seeing what we what happens, you know? Like, I'm very partial. Like, I'm not, you know, one way or the other. I have made some foolish mistakes of putting some of my opinions lightly and loosely on um Facebook a couple of months back, and that was the worst thing ever because everyone was like, "Oh, this," that, and want to give you a whole history lesson. And the crazy thing, I'm like, "But I'm black," <laughs> you know, so. I'll just digress on that but um so I learned my personal lesson from just making a random post on Facebook about politics that I don't really want to talk about the politics but I want to talk about the energy around it so that's what I'm gonna get a nice little episode get my words together right for you on that I will I, I was thinking I was bold enough to do it on this one, but how can I disrespect King Buster Bus and not talk about the new classic he just dropped? Like, you know, and shout out to all of the producers out there that had a hand in it. Shout out to all of the artists that collabed with him on it. Shout out to all of, um, just anyone who had anything to do with that new classic. Cause that was completely dope. And if you guys get a chance, like I'm giving bus free plug, not like he needed from me, but check out that, that interview he did on, um, drink champs, but also check out the 85 South show interview. He did with DC young fly Chico Bean, and Carl Lewis. The reason why I say to check out that one, cause that one is like equally as long of an interview, but he drops equally as much jewels on that interview, and then what's dope about that is, is, like, one interview reflects him on his, like, old school OG, these are my homies from, they have been, they came up with me from the mud with this, and then the other one was more like, this is a generation that might be a generation or two behind, or younger than me, it's newer for me, and they gave him pure respect and props. But you know how sometimes you can see that clash in generations, where it'd be like these young niggas don't get me, and I don't get these young niggas, not at all. Buster is like the epitome of like a good spirit, good personality, jokes. It was just amazing to watch him in action and speak. And I think this is—I don't really recall a lot of like Buster rhyme um, interviews you know, in my years as a fan of him, so to see this content, and the way he delivered it, and just to see the legend go, it was dope, and I'm just grateful that I was able to see that in my time, but that's what 2020 has been, it's been a year of, um, getting insightful information from the people you love, the people you respect, you know, and, um, getting that up close, but also getting insightful information about people that you don't love, and people that you don't respect, you know, like, the politics, but I digress, so, um, Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. The Don and the Boss. I'm going to leave you with that. Leave you the little Busta Bus and Vibes Cartel for the night because it's a Lithuation. We still lit. We still up in here. And, um, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with that. You all stay safe out there. If you voted, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I voted as well. Even though I was on the fence, I'm not going to lie, I was really like, I'm not going to vote. And this would have been like the first year as an adult in my adult life that I was really like not going to vote. But I was like, no, because I owe it not only to myself, but my community to vote. So I voted. But, um, yeah, I'm proud of all you guys out here that woke up and question everything. I'm so I'm so I'm so proud of you question everything and continue to question everything to all my people out there that spreading love and showing love to their fellow man, regardless of what age, sex, race, color, creed, or whatever. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. We need to continue doing that. We need to show each other love. You know what I'm saying? Show love to your fellow man and compassion. Don't look at a person just because of what they look like and make an instant judgment. I'm not saying you got to sit there for hours and figure them out either. But just a little bit of niceness goes a long way in these times. Okay, y'all? So continue to spread love, not Rona. Continue to um, keep a positive outlook. We will get through this. Okay? Eat healthy, stay healthy, stay clean, wash your hands. I'm, you know, I'm gonna continue to keep the rundown until the rundown, till they tell me it's safe. And even after that, it's just gonna be a part of me now. Like I'm just gonna be the rundown. Stay safe, keep it clean, spread love to your fellow man, to your neighbor. Look left and right and say, neighbor, I love you. Okay, and from my lips to your ears, I love you. Thank you for coming out every week and chilling with me for an hour or so. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you for spreading it, for sharing the um, podcast. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the music. The video is going crazy. Follow me now on Vivo's going bananas, on title Bananas. The album on Spotify is it's an EP. I keep on saying the album, but the EP on Spotify is going crazy. La like Esmeralda. Thank you all, you know, and thank you, King Buster Bus, for dropping extension, extension. <laughs> look at me butchering it extension level event to the wrath of God. Thank you for dropping that because we all needed this, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's so funny because I even had a conversation with one of my homeboys like a month or two ago, probably was like, yeah, about a month or two ago, about survival kits because Colossal and I have survival kits, you know, we've been blessed. and We live in a hurricane state, you know, and we've been through a hurricane. Like, literally bought our house, and the next year was a hurricane. I was like, great. So we bought a house, and now it just wants to fly away. Thank God it didn't. I'm grateful. But that was real for us because it's different being a homeowner, like, living in an area that – um. You know, it's just tornadoes and just crazy, hurric- not tornadoes, excuse me, hurricanes and crazy stuff like that, you know. So, thank God we have, like, um nice solid brick home. It ain't flying nowhere, but it just taught us a lot, like, generators, batteries, you know. Um, just having things on file. So we ended up just creating and putting together and then purchasing things and literally having a survival kit, you know? And I don't think that that's, you know, some people might be like, it's not something we have on display in front of the house or nothing like that, but we do have it. And then um we have a few and then people were like, what? But I had a conversation with one of my homeboys and I was just like, yo, you talking about Armageddon and you so easy to talk about it, but I hope you got survival kits. I hope you got survival packs. I hope you got, you know, money stash, cash. I hope you got... Fuck gas in a fucking um canteen, you know, just to the side in case you need to flee and the gas station is shut down and you need to get out of there. You can fill up your tank and hit the road. Just different things that I started to think about as I became an adult and just in the world we're living in. You know what I'm saying? Like coronavirus. And some people are like, damn, you're preparing for the Armageddon. Why not prepare for the Armageddon and end up having heaven? You know what I'm saying? Versus looking for heaven and having Armageddon, right? That's how I look at it always and forever. But the reason why I'm rambling about survival kits is shout out to Bus Again, he gave out survival kits for the extinction level, Wrath of God. You know, ELE2, Wrath of God. He gave those out as promos. So, like, all the DJs got, like, legitimate survival kits, and it's so crazy, because as soon as I saw the red backpack, because that's what we have, and I was like, oh, he's giving out survival, I so I had to look at that video, like, wait, Buster Bust is so, like, I don't know if I'm, like, related to him, like, I wish Buster could be, like, my big brother, for real, because he completely is on board with the way we think, you know what I'm saying, like, I saw the red backpack, I think it was, like, I don't want to lie, but it was a DJ. It was a couple of DJs online, and he was receiving their, like, promo promo packages for the album. And he gave them survival kits with the water. Like, the water lasts up to five years. Like, all that stuff. Everything that he was pulling out was like, yep I know about that. I got that. I got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, legitimate. If you don't know, if you don't believe me, go online and look it up. Like, look up um, Buster Rhymes survival kit promo packs he was sending out. So, I know I'm not alone on it. Buster Cunt completely lets me know that I'm not off the mark. And a lot of people be like, Oh, you're crazy. You're this, you're that. Okay. I'm prepared. And I'd rather be prepared for nothing and nothing happens than something happens and I'm not prepared. Right. So, um, I would suggest you all guys, if you don't want to listen to me because I'm Colleen, AKA gongalee little old me, I could respect that. And these are just my opinions. You know, this is not like proven from whoever I'm giving you my opinions about what I talk about on She Could Talk. But what I will say is do your research and look it up yourself. But look at those cute, um, look at me cute, but they are cute. Survival kits. So we got the same one. But um, look at that he gave them out. Um, I, th- I thought that was so dope. And I was like, oh my God, because we got those like last year. You know what I'm saying? And that backpack is heavier than mother. Like You got to be in, in shape to put that joint on your back to when it's time for, that's why, you know, I go, I go to like boot camp. I um, ride bike. That's why you got to do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not about oh, I want to be fit so I can show you I have a flat belly on the gram. I want to be able to survive if I need to, and row a damn boat, if I need to, and climb up the side of a mountain, if I need to, not just because I want to and take a picture for the gram, but just in case I need to, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what I'd be thinking about. I'm not trying to skin under you guys. I'm not trying to go off the deep end. No, I do not have an aluminum hat with antennas on my head. No, I don't. But it's just, these are the things that um, Buster reinforced for me for the weekend, also things that he made me think about. So I'm going to leave you all with that because I was supposed to end this out like five minutes ago and I ran into a whole ramble about survival kits, but I, how could I forget about that because I thought that was dope as well. But once again... I am your host, Gongali, a.k.a. Big Lee, or you can just call me Colleen, your host, or she can talk the podcast. If you're looking for me, hit me up. Let me know what you think about the episode. Let me know what you think about survival kits. Is that something you would invest in? Go on Amazon. They have similar ones. You don't have to get the exact one that I have or the exact one that Buster gave out, but they do have affordable ones. They have different ones that have different things based on what you would need to survive in. And then you can just create your own if you don't want to, but look into that and tell me if that's something that you think is necessary or am I just paranoid? But all right, until next time she can talk, you know, my motto, if you like it, tell a friend, if you don't like it, tell a friend, much love to you all. And, um, hopefully this is look, I said that last week, but I'm gonna say it again this week. Hopefully by the time I speak to you all again, we might we may or may not have a new president okay so we'll talk about that next time much love until next time y'all stay safe and stay blessed peace come on 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 baby Why one baby one baby Make it for the boss, get naked for the boss, excrete kid for the boss, best playlist for the boss. Bum box so big, like Nicki me, Minaj, me like Nicki me, Minaj, me like Nicki Minaj. Cartel is a mystery, Nancy you can't fix it. Put my dick on your lipstick, yeah, <laughs> she kissed it. Xerxes get victory Bomba cold get this lit. my in business. Fuck boy wives and bitches. Oh, 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 me. She come back again like Frisbee. Is a fling, so she miss me. My girl, Miss O, Mississippi. My mind is a district. District 9 restricted. High Q, high with this my Micro time is this it? Shake it for the done. Get naked for the done. x kid for the done. Best playlist for the Don Bumper so big Like me a Granista Like me a Granista Like me the Granista de Rhymes are the champion Good and never find a better option Me no wanna on my a friend them so my the man smell like Honey your a Come down up with a champion Gun barrel bigger than the Grand Canyon All of me talk them a Batman Make we get with a of who no subtraction <laughs> I'm glad we and going to get into the godzilla kinkansan One world boss, one rostan on. Don't play with me money, not a fraction See that who does a wrong reaction Shots magic, you hear it, we don't have a bastard Do a weirdo, you a look, man World boss, I hear you and I'm a Martian See a kid feed the box Make me a kid feed the box Take me kid feed the box Make me a kid feed the box Make so big Lightning, give me that like Nicki me, Minaj me Like Nicki me, Minaj me Shake it for the dawn Hit make it for the dawn X rate it for the dawn Best playlist for the dawn Bumpa so big Like me Granista Like me Granista Like me Granista